We continue today studying God's amazing grace. The scripture is Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Last week, we looked at God's saving grace. And you recall that there are two aspects of Christ's saving grace. There is the fact that he saves us from the wrath that is upon our sin. Christ took our sin upon himself and experienced God's judgment upon the cross. And then the other aspect of saving grace is that our God saves us to a new life, a life of purpose. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And then we looked at standing grace. In Romans 5, 2, through Christ, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The words wherein we stand is the perfect tense which denotes past accomplishment and present permanent possessions. Therefore, the word means we have an unmovable foundation and we now permanently have an unshakable safety. Paul says we have continuing access to this security and therefore we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God to come. Now today... We want to focus on sufficient grace. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the Bible says, My grace is sufficient for you, 
For my power is made perfect in human weaknesses. Yes, through many dangers, toils and snare, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Even though the Apostle Paul had received unprecedented revelation, and his ministry operated in the power of the Holy Spirit, Yet he had some physical problems in his life. He prayed for healing, that God would remove whatever it was. But it became evident that God would, would not remove it. And so it remained in Paul's life. And there was suffering in the midst of his success as a minister of the gospel. Paul testifies that God said to him, My grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Consequently, Paul's re response was most gladly, Therefore will I glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The authors of the seduction of Christianity warns us that there is a Trojan horse inside the church that is seducing believers with the philosophy that faith will bring success, prosperity, and perfect health. David Wilkinson writes about this deadly deception. There is an evil wind blowing into God's house, deceiving multitudes of God's chosen people. It is a scriptural takeoff that says, think and grow rich. This perversion, he says, seeks to make gods of, of people. They're told your destiny is in the power of your hand and of your mind. Whatever you can conceive is yours. Speak it into being. Create it by a positive mindset. Success, happiness, perfect health is all yours. If you will only use your mind creatively. Turn your dreams into reality by using mind power. That is error. It is hogwash. This is not the teaching of the Bible. Let it be known once and for all, God will not abdicate his lordship to the power of human minds, negative or positive. We are to seek only the mind of Christ, and his mind is not materialistic. It is not fo focused on success or wealth. Christ's mind is focused only on the glory of God and the obedience to his word by his people.
No other teaching so ignores the cross and corrupts the human mind. It bypasses the evil of our ruined Adam nature, and it takes the Christian's eye off Christ's gospel of eternal redemption and focus it on, on, on earthly things. Following Christ, faith in him does not deliver us from pain, suffering, disappointment, but it delivers us through them. Tis grace that hath brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Therefore, depend upon Christ for his love and grace. He giveth more grace as the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength as the labors increase. To add affliction, he added his mercy. To multiplied trials, he multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is the only way to begin. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary, known unto men. And out of his infinite riches in Jesus Christ, he giveth and giveth again. An old Scottish preacher is reported to have said, The Lord is my shepherd. And more than that, he has given me two fine collie dogs, goodness and mercy. With goodness before me and mercy behind me, I'm sure to get home at last. And so it is with you, my beloved. If you are in the grace of God given through Jesus Christ. And we add, there is also singing grace. In Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Christianity is different from other religions in that it expresses itself in joyful music. The history of Christ began with music, Mary's song of annunciation and anticipation. And then we find Simon's song of salvation, the angel's song of declaration. And it continues today with man's song of adoration and anticipation. 
and one day will culminate with man's song of translation and Christ's exaltation. Like no other religion, Christianity puts a song in a man's heart. The psalmist expressed it when he declared, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Oh, bless God. He hears not only our praises, but also he hears our cry. Like no other religion, Christianity puts a song in man's heart. The psalmist expressed it when he said, Yes, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto God. If you have no song, you have not experienced his grace. Or else you may be like the songwriter who expressed his spiritual decline, prone to wonder, prone to leave the God I love. The glory and presence of Christ gives you a song even in the night. How amazing is God's grace. There is another familiar line in that song. Come thou fount of every blessing. Oh, to grace, how great a greater daily I'm constrained to be. Because of the grace of God, like Paul, we are debtors. And we are to invest this debt into others who are in need. This debt must be shared with others. In 2 Corinthians 8, 7 and 9, 7, here we're told that we must share the message with a needy world. When a native African visited the United States, he was asked, what was the most impressive thing? His reply was, the size of your garbage cans. We waste and throw away so much that poor hungry people in the world would like to have. The grace of God must bring discipline to a simple lifestyle that will result in sharing what we have with others in this world of need. Some years ago, we had in our church a missionary by the name of Milford Howell. Milford told us how that his widowed mother, one Christmas, had given her only valuable possession, her diamond ring, to the Christian offering for foreign missions. The next Sunday, 
a young wife and mother in our church, came to me and pulled from her finger her diamond ring. With tears in her eyes, she said, that story, Mr. Howe touched me and has led me to give this ring for our Christmas offering. I learned that this was the only real piece of jewelry that she had other than her wedding band. Income of the family was modest. At that time, they owned no home. But in her heart, in the heart of this young wife, she had learned a joy greater than material possessions. She learned the grace of sharing. And so God's wonderful singing and sharing grace will lead us to that kind of sacrificial giving. And then there is the grace of sharing. Paul said we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are his poem. The word poem, koima, is the Greek for workmanship. And so that word is the same word after the word grace. God gives to each of us spiritual capacities or abilities to serve him through the church in our needy world. Indeed, God's grace and gifts are not prizes for us to brag about, but tools with which we are to use in serving him in meeting the needs of others. Life's greatest joy is to give life and its means away. Remember, it is a song until it's sung. It isn't a bell until it's rung. It isn't love until it's given away. There is work to be done. There is a ministry for you. There are needs that only you can met. There is a church through which you can serve in showing your love and gratitude to the Lord Jesus and showing your concern for the needs of this growing world. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Led by grace like a feather, bind my wandering heart to thee. My friend, may God's grace come as a mighty force to touch and change and use your life for the glory of God in meeting the needs of people around the world. If you have never accepted Christ and received the gift of eternal life and the assurance of eternity, 
right now, bow your head and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you and to come into your life and begin his saving work. If indeed you are a believer, then rededicate yourself to the service of Jesus Christ. Our Father, I pray that the Spirit of God will make effective the message of your word in the hearts of many people today. In Jesus' name. If indeed there is some response or need in your life, contact us and we'd be glad to send a Bible or communicate with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day and week.